Hi, welcome to Forever Paranormal with Dr. Bill and Deb. The term paranormal refers to phenomena and experiences that are beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding and cannot be easily explained through traditional scientific principles. These phenomena often challenge conventional beliefs and are associated with the supernatural, metaphysical, or unexplained aspects of reality. As with any field of inquiry, it is essential to approach the paranormal with an open but critical mind, relying on empirical evidence and logical reasoning to draw conclusions. It's a topic that continues to intrigue and challenge both believers and skeptics alike, and if we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. You'll be surprised by what all can be connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Please just reach out. Well, hello there everyone, and welcome to this week's episode, where we are going to talk about freaking Deb out last week with the Mandela Effect reference about stovetop stuffing. Mm. Or did that happen or not? Yes, Let's find happened. out. Yes, it happened. <laughs> All right. So, hi, Deb. Hi. You have anything cool or new for us this week? Just a couple of samples from an article that kind of offers a reality check when you think you got it bad. One picture showed a car whose driver apparently left the window down during a blizzard. The picture <laughs> shows the snow measuring to the middle of their win- passenger window, and you can barely make out the seat and the dashboard. So the whole car was full of snow? Basically. Wow. I might have to do Uber to work if I were stupid enough to do that. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't get a ride from me. No. Not that day. I know. I, <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> and another person apparently stained their stairs leading to their basement but they started from the top step and moved their way down and the picture that is uh, depicted is from their basement because they forgot they would need to go back up the stairs when finished so now they're they're stuck i hope they ate yeah, well, if they ate, I hope they didn't need to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, it, it's hard to say what was in that basement and what wasn't. <laughs> That's like the old cartoon of somebody painting themselves in a corner. I mean, oh my goodness, I won't say anything else about that. I won't say anything about <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I, I think I've probably done dumber things. Well, okay, so let, let's go ahead and move on okay (laughs) since we can (laughs) all right so here's a more in-depth explanation of the mandela effect than what i gave last week the mandela effect is a phenomenon where a large group of people collectively misremember or remember facts events or other details in a consistent manner it was coined by paranormal researcher fiona broom in 2009 
when she discovered that a significant number of people at a conference she was attending shared her memory that Nelson Mandela had died in prison during the 1980s, when in fact he passed in 2013. Well, I was not at the conference, but I also thought he died in prison. Yeah, and you know, during researching this episode too, I looked up when he was released from prison, wondering if maybe we were getting that confused. But he wasn't released from prison until 1990. Mm -hmm. He was offered a release, a conditional release in 1985, and turned it down, but was given an unconditional release in 1990. So I don't think we confuse it with that either. No. Okay. So, there are many variations of this effect, ranging from historical dates and events, to movie lines, how things are spelled, and the name of certain foods, including snack foods and so on, like Stouffer's. Unlike a lot of other things we talk about on this show, there was only really one half-decent sci-fi flick called The Mandela Effect, made in 2019, where a man becomes obsessed with facts and events that have been collectively misremembered by thousands of people believing the phenomenon to be the symptom of something larger. His obsession eventually leads to him questioning reality himself. Sounds like the movie The Matrix, too. It it does, and it's kind of like the butterfly effect as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even that movie they made multiple ones of, which for life me, I don't know why. But anyhow, okay, so let's move on. Some have speculated that the memories are caused by parallel universes, alternate realities spilling into our own, while others explain the phenomenon as a failure of collective memory. False memories are common and can easily be swayed by suggestions. It can also be something like a subliminal message that they used to do to movies like go eat popcorn and stuff like that. And maybe the governments or whoever are screwing with our minds and our memories and our history with subliminal messaging. I don't know. Why are they called false memories? Wouldn't they just be a dream or delusion? I think it's a false memory because a dream is something we actually have and we can remember the dream most of the time, right? So that happens. That's our mind doing its work. A delusion is something that we see that's not really there. Um, A trick of the hand, a sleight of the hand, where a false memory can be conjured by someone else. Um, A psychologist or a hypnotist can not really get you to do things you wouldn't do, but they can get you to remember things that you remember incorrectly. So, to your point of government and news agencies altering history with their actions, I know they are, like, removing parts of history books so that we, you know, remove the offensive things. Do you really think that small um, reality checks or memories is on the radar of these the government or news agencies or whomever? I don't think there's anything you can put past what's on a government's mind to control the factions of the world. What To what end, though? 
for their end, whatever their end is, for their purpose, for their whatever they want to accomplish, mm -hmm. the direction they want to take it. So we can't rule out anything. But, you know, in psychology, a false memory is actually a phenomenon where someone recalls something that did not actually happen or recalls it differently from the way it actually happened. Suggestibility, activation of associated information, the incorporation of misinformation, and source misattribution have been suggested to be several mechanisms underlying a variety of types of false memories. But you know, this phenomenon didn't start in 2009 with Broome, as even Freud studied it. He really was into people's memories and to see if he could turn them or twist them. It just, that's just when it became pop culture. I know I, for one, remember Mandela died in prison. I know why it says he remembers reading it in a textbook in junior high. And Deb, you remember it, right? Yes. All right. I remember him as an anti-apartheid activist and the first president of South Africa. I believed he went to prison for 27 years for illegally, I think, uh, leaving the country and inciting workers to strike was what they convicted him with. Okay. If, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you, you remember a lot then. But let's go ahead and take a dive into something on the more popular Mandela effects. Of course, you know, we're going to start with Stouffer's Stovetop Stuffing, since that was what got you interested in the subject matter. If you're like us, you can picture an old TV commercial where a kid walks into the kitchen, you see a box of Stouffer's on the stove, and Mom's preparing it. The name on the box clearly, in my memory, and perhaps in yours as well, says Stouffer's. But according to the new popular belief, the company never made a stovetop stuffing. It supposedly was always Kraft who made it. And even when Nestle's, or before Nestle's owned Stouffer's, they never had a stovetop stuffing, supposedly. Right? So, there's one for you. Okay, so, most of us that have raised some kids remember having the Berenstein Bears books around. Well, Deb... What if I told you they never existed? What? Nope. In actuality, they are the Berenstain Bears, named after the creators, Stan and Jane Berenstain, not Berenstein. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> it's Berenstain. It's spelt different. We've been pronouncing it wrong forever. It's not Berenstein. Oh. It's Berenstain. Huh. Yeah, but everybody talks about the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, I don't say stain. Yeah, I say Stein. Mm hmm All right. So No, yeah. I say Berenstein. Yeah. Steen, not stain. Steen. Yeah, stain. Stein Steen. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Okay. Let's move on. All right, here's one for all the Star Wars fans out there. And Deb, I know around no. this house you've seen this movie at least a hundred times. <laughs> In episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. You probably remember Darth Vader uttering the famous line, Luke, I am your father. 
in the pivotal scene near the end of the film where Luke accuses Vader of killing his father because that's what Obi-Wan Kenobi had told him. Well, guess, I guess in a way he did kill him, but you may be surprised to learn that the actual line is, no, I am your father. Most people have memories of the line being the former rather than the latter, and it is commonly quoted incorrectly. I know I have personally repeated it wrong hundreds of times. But we all heard it. Is it because of his mask maybe making that sound? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> imitation. It, it could be. But I think, you know, we all focus on what he said and, and missed the first word, which mm. was no. Maybe. I am your father. But he doesn't say, Luke, I am your father. Sounded like it to me in it, my memory anyway. In my memory it is. But, you know, it's not. So let's go to some polar extremes here. Moving from Darth Vader, the notorious bad guy, mm -hmm. to Mr. Rogers, the notorious good guy. Wow. I mean, who doesn't remember Mr. Rogers? Okay, Deb, what is the line he says in the show's opening song? Do you remember? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Well, would you be surprised to know that he actually says, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood? No. Yeah. It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is actually the open lyrics in the Ugly Kid Joe song from 1992. I have to admit it's a pretty good song, but I never knew Mr. Rogers said this neighborhood until mm -hmm. we looked at doing this show. So even I learned that one. Huh. All right, Deb. I believe you and I had this one in a trivia question not too long ago when we were on vacation. Okay. Well, at least in this universe, this is how I remember it. So, the Fruit of the Loom logo, does it have a cornucopia or not? Well? Uh, I don't remember the trivia game. Okay. Well, according to the manufacturer, there is no cornucopia, but I could swear the correct answer to the question said there was. So... I guess I'm misremembering this or something. I mean, you were there with me, but you claim you don't remember it. Well, what is the picture of then? Just a fruit, and, and says fruit of the loom. Well, let's Google this. Okay. Do, 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 do. And we're back. Well, it's just I a guess bunch it's of fruit. just a bunch of fruit. Yep. Hmm. Okay, well. Here is a Mandela effect that is a true glitch in The Matrix. Because it's from the movie The Matrix. Everybody, I mean, everybody remembers Morpheus saying to Neo, what if I told you when Neo was going to decide on the red pill, right? Wrong. He really says, do you know what it is when talking about The Matrix? I don't remember what the line was, honestly. It, it, I, I actually went back and looked at it, and it says, do you want to know what it is? I think there's a bunch of memes out there that got us thinking it's the other way. What Is if it? I told you? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I even went back, but unfortunately, you know, I had to look at it on DVD because we got rid of the VHS we had. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. of it. We still had that VHS. That might tell us. It'd be hard for them to go back and change a VHS. Now, let me tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, we don't have that anymore. So let's move on to something more childish. And by that, we're going to roll back to the tale of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Almost every kid, and even some supposed grown-ups, have stood in front of a mirror and repeated the famous line, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? I mean, even Lord Farquaad says it in the movie Shrek. Pick three, my lord. Well, even he got it wrong since the evil queen actually says, Magic mirror on the wall. Yeah, mind blown. Wait, is that what it is in both movies? Snow White and Shrek? I thought in Shrek he said mirror, mirror, but let's uh, check it out and get right back to everyone. Okay. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and we're back. Well, Deb, you're right. Lord Fakwa says magic mirror, and he calls it magic mirror in the movie. So thank you for enlightening me on that. I mean, what a great reflection. Hey, I remembered something. How about that? Yeah, awesome. (laughs) Okay, here's one for you to chew on. How many people remember their mom making them PB&J sandwiches with grape jelly and jiffy peanut butter? Well, probably a lot from what I've seen. But there never was a jiffy peanut butter. It's called Jif. There's Jiffy Popcorn and Jiffy Lube, which cost me a fortune to get your oil done yesterday, but not Jiffy Peanut Butter. I think I always thought it was Jif. You know, I think I always remembered it as Jif, too, but apparently this is a big one with the masses. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So, speaking of food we ate as a kid, so how many of you remember your box of cereal with two canned Sam on it saying, F-R-U-I-T, loops, fruit loops. Did you know it's really F-R-O-O-T, loops, fruit loops? What? How can that be, since it's a fruit-flavored cereal? Yeah, I know. I, for one, remember eating the fruit type. (laughs) Well, maybe because I never liked them, I always thought it was F-R-O-O-T. Probably because you just like, you're like that. Yeah, I was a, <laughs> you're I such, was a, such a picky eater. You still are a picky eater. Speller. Yeah. All right. We've all played this game, and some of us even know the rules, but most everyone thinks rich Uncle Pennybags, aka Mr. Monopoly, wears a monocle. Well, even if he did before, he doesn't now and supposedly never did. I bet most of you didn't even know he actually had a name. I didn't know it until I started researching this episode. I never really thought about it. And what do you mean some of us even know the rules? Well, I know you got to have so many houses where you can buy hotels, and you got to pay people when you land on boardwalk and stuff, Deb. <laughs> you know, you can't just say, I quit at that point. <laughs> you actually got to pay the person. Right? So... let's move on here is a supposed Mandela effect that I for one always seem to remember correctly 
the correct way because I still to this day watch these cartoons. Yeah, we're talking about Looney Tunes, which is spelt like the musical reference T-U-N-E and not Tunes, T-O-O-N-S, like in a cartoon. Maybe that's because their sister cartoons are named Merry Melodies. I just know it's always been Tunes. Tunes as far back as I can remember. I never thought about that one either, but I wonder if people could misremember it because it's a melodic name, so they remember it spelled the way it sounds. It's possible, but maybe it's because Looney Tunes is just now barely coming back because it ruined too many kids' ideas of life that, uh, where they couldn't get trophies. So, anyhow. <laughs> okay, here's one that got me. What about the movie E.T. and that cute bicycle riding alien who says, E.T., phone home, right? Well, wrong again. E.T. really says, E.T., home phone. Wait a minute. What? Don't have a stroke here, folks, since you've watched this a hundred times and know I'm wrong. Well, I'm not. Yeah, our minds automatically correct the bad grammar of his broken English being an alien and all. I mean, I never, ever knew it said home phone. Boy, you are really trying to ruin everyone's childhood memories today, aren't you? I guess so. Mm. That's the way you want to look at it. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> Maybe you're in an alternate universe. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so now let's look at another kid's classic, Curious George. No, don't ruin this one. Did you know this little monkey does not have a tail? I did not. A lot of people even claim to remember seeing him use his tail to swing from the trees. If you Google pictures of Curious George right now, you'll see that he doesn't have a tail. Meaning, either your memory made the whole thing up, or you've, like, drifted into a parallel universe. But Curious George does not have a tail, so, so another childhood memory ruined him. Yes. But he does hold a banana. He's always <laughs> well, got a banana. Good to know. All right. So, you know, there's uh, a lot more Mandela effects out there that you can find online, like a dash between the word kit and cat and Kit Kat bar and a bunch of other stuff. And Deb, I'm really sorry I've ruined some of your childhood memories. <laughs> and I'm really sorry I ruined Curious George for you. I really liked Curious George. I still do, but I'm, poor I'm, fella. I'm really sorry about that. Okay, so do we all have memories that are that bad or are so suggestive that we can't remember the name of something or a period in history? Or are we just going down the same rabbit hole in a parallel universe? Is this like fake news or only selective parts of something being repeated so many times that the wrong information now becomes fact. Here's something to think about. Would we even have the Mandela effect without the internet, smartphones, and memes? Mm. That's a conundrum. It is. If our memory is so subject to misinformation and false memories themselves, then how can we convict somebody of murder, for example, and sentence them to either life or death 
in prison if we are relying on another person's memory? Is that witness just convincing themselves to remember something that way? I guess it's like the game telephone you played as a kid where the story is completely different by the time it gets back to you at the beginning. You know, I've always said this, Deb, and you know it. People believe a lie over the truth any time. But just to back that up, in fact, in a large study of over 100,000 news stories discussed across X, formerly known as Twitter, conducted over a period of 10 years, showed that hoaxes and rumors won out over the truth every time by about 70%. This wasn't the result of manipulation or bots either. These are real verified accounts of real people who were responsible for spreading false information at a much higher rate than the truth. That's scary. Well, Deb, what do you think about all this? As you know, as I get older, my memory does not seem to be as clear as it once was, and that's to be expected as one gets older. I don't like to generalize about anything, but I can see where the power of suggestion could cause a majority group of people to misremember things. When we connect with others, we reminisce or make small talk, and these things become common knowledge passed down, if you will. It is unsettling, however, to think how this can cause irreparable damage to someone if it goes too far. Like you said, any of us could be subject to the testimony of someone misremembering key details. We should all be mindful of this and our words. I agree with you. And, you know, like I said about someone testifying against you or this or that, it's like it's always been said that the most dangerous liars are the ones that believe their lies and make them fact. And they've repeated things. And this happens in history all the time. Things are repeated incorrectly so many times over and over that they become the fact. And the fact is now the misinformation. So it, it's really hard to tell, and it's scary to think that we can be manipulated so easily in so many ways. I mean, if the news agencies get up there and start talking about things a certain way, then that becomes fact. Or if they get up there and they do like they do nowadays, they tell you one side of a story and not the whole story because that's the way they want to represent it, then how many hundreds of thousands of people believe that's the truth and the only truth when it's in fact not? And I don't know. I'd really like to know what you folks out there think. We'd love to hear what you've got to say on this. So with this, we're going to go ahead and close this episode out. And until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening. And remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode. And our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com. And if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. 
The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode. 